This is the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your virtual design guide to help you and your family have a healthy, beautiful landscape with less work. What's up and welcome to the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here today at episode 10. I am very excited uh, about this podcast today. Uh, We're talking about how to start a new garden bed. So from the planning phase and the concept phase all the way into the implementation, how do you put in a garden bed? And we're going to get into it today. Uh, Before we do that, I am super stoked for multiple reasons. First, this is episode 10, folks. We made it to double digits. I am very excited to be here 10 episodes through. We are talking about some cool stuff. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's feedback uh, as far as uh, questions, comments, everything uh, that you want to give me feedback on. I have... Uh, a feedback page in case you guys didn't know that already. Uh, if you go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash pod, you have a button right there to get in touch with me and send me some questions, info, whatever. And and I definitely want to hear from you. I want to get you guys involved with this show and have some fun here. Uh, the other reason I'm stoked, I'll be honest, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I have a full-time job in it. I am recording this podcast on a Friday. I am done with the work week, and and I'm just happy to be here recording a great episode with you guys. Uh, I So I understand, you know, full-time job, kids at home, busy lifestyle, and I'm living it right here with you guys. And I just want to be here to say, you know, we can do this together. We can have a beautiful landscape. We can save some time. We can do things to work toward our passion or to spend time with the things we value. It's possible, and I am happy to be here doing it with you guys. So let's get into it today. I am super happy, super jazzed, and hopefully I've been going kind of long. I hope you guys don't mind. you know, I just, I love talking about this stuff, if you can't tell, and I want to share as much value with you through this podcast. So, uh, you know, whether I guess you like it or not, I've I've uh, gone a little longer than my planned uh, episode length, and we're just going to see how this show unfolds, you know. Um, it might end up being some episodes are a bit longer, and some are a bit shorter, but uh, all in all, um, I, I want to stay on the side of brevity for you guys, just to, you know, make it exciting, make it fun, give you the, the, the meat of everything, and, and, uh, and that's what we're all about, is, is just getting down, getting to the point, and, and getting done. So, in that spirit, let's get started. I'm going to cover a few points today uh, about starting a new garden bed. And so let's say you have an impulse to um, create a new garden or uh, replace an old one. You know, maybe it's just outdated. It looks scrubby. I totally get it. Or maybe you have a space that's just full of weeds and you got to do something with it, right? So you get that idea and you're like, okay, it's time for action. Well, before you take action, you got to make sure it's the right action. So I'm going to take you through this process today from that initial thought of we got to turn this into a garden bed uh, to to actually putting it in the ground, you know, getting plants in the ground, getting them watered and having happy plants. So what's that in between look like? So there's a couple Uh, four key points here really that I want to talk about. The first is site selection. So selecting the garden site and maybe you already have this figured out like this this is a specific site that you want to take care of and that's fine. Um, 
or it could be, you know, elements of if you already have that site figured out, what what plays into uh, understanding how you have to design your garden then. Um, so site selection, planning, preparation, and finally planting. And maybe there's like a little uh, fifth point there, which kind of is part of the planting phase, but uh, making sure your, your garden is properly established. So establishing, transitioning to maintenance is kind of the last point there too. So let's uh, jump right in. Uh, site selection. When we're talking about site selection in a residential landscape, Usually your site is determined, your site of your garden is what I'm talking about here. So your, your site of your property is already figured out, right? Um, I'm assuming, yes, you have a house, it's built on a piece of property, whatever it looks like. Maybe you have a 20 acre lot, maybe you have a 0.3 acre lot, whatever it is, or maybe you, have, you have, even have a smaller plot, right? Whatever it is, there's space for a garden and a garden really spruces up how your home is perceived, how you perceive it, how other people perceive it, and just the overall feel, right? And so uh, I think you guys understand that already. Um, and so I'm not going to get into that too much today, but I just want to touch on, you know, it's really important. And um, so going from that bit there, trying to understand, okay, we want a garden, right? Where are we going to put it? A lot of time this is determined by the architecture of the space, so you might have, let's say, your typical postage stamp lot. You have a house right in the middle of a rectangular piece of property. And, and you know, if, if your site's different, that's okay. I'm just kind of trying to paint a picture here for you. You have uh, your postage stamp lot, your house right in the center. Maybe your driveway's off to the one side with a garage, maybe attached to garage. And you have, from the driveway, you have a little entry walk going up to your front door that kind of curves around. And maybe you also have a walkway that goes out to the street, something like that, right? Typical house, you have a backyard with a lawn, front yard with a lawn, and maybe you have like a few bushes like right up next to the house and that's it. So where do you put a garden? Maybe you want uh, a more foundation plantings, right? And so that kind of helps frame your mind there. Of, this is where I want a garden. And really determining this is kind of understanding the architecture of your space, the layout of the hardscape is what I'm talking about here. So the, the house, the driveway, the walkways. Let's assume for this the sake of this episode that we're not going to be messing with that stuff. That's a much more involved process. And so we'll get into that in the future if you guys want to. Um, but for now, we're just talking about, okay, not messing up with the, the hardscape elements. Where and how do we put in a garden? So a lot of time, when if you, if you have a house, uh, most commonly there's some foundation plantings right up, right up squeezed next to the house. And then maybe a few things next to the mailbox or something. That's about it. And you might have like a, you know, an interspersed tree here or there, and that's about it. This is our house right now, actually, guys. And so I'm really excited to be, now that we're starting to get to the phase where we're ready to focus on our our landscape design, I'll be taking you guys through that in the future here of what we do with our house and, and you know, kind of stretching that garden out to make, to make it not so much of a, like a compressed uh, piece against the house, but a, a singular element in itself that, that welcomes you to the property and helps you experience the property. And, and so I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not being incredibly specific here, but really what I'm trying to do is paint you guys a picture of, of what your garden can do. And, um, so Moving forward into this episode, I'm going to just pick a spot. Let's say you don't want to expand your garden out more. This is a more, that's a more in-depth process. But let's say you want to, you know, 
make your little foundation planting on your postage stamp lot just a little nicer and maybe expand it just a little bit to bring it out from the house, right? To give us some layering, some depth uh, for people on the street or for when you're coming into your house, right? So let's just pick a spot. Let's say it's right in front of the house, just to the left of the front door, right? Okay. And um, let's just say it's a regular uh, rectangular piece right now. We just want to add a little bit of uh, a little bit of um, structure to it, a little bit of uh, individuality. So instead of keeping that rectangular form that was really popular, like in the modernism phase, 20s, 30s, up through the 50s maybe, and um, we want to you know, maybe add just like a curvilinear style to it. So give it some kind of an organic look, right? That's what we're changing, but we're keeping the space pretty much the same. We maybe have some overgrown yew bushes there right now, and maybe you've gone over the few years and uh, added a few things here and there. So you might have thrown in maybe some boxwoods and and some azaleas or, or whatever, something to just that's not a ton of work, but it fills the space, and you want to just spruce it up, right? So what are we going to do? Okay, well, we've at least determined our space here, and... The, the piece here, just, you know, in, in, instead of drawing us into or painting us into a corner here, I just want to touch on a few pieces with site selection as well for you to consider. The functional piece is, is pretty important here. So what's your access? What's the, so when you're coming into the property, your driveway, right? That's your main access, of course. Uh, what if you're coming from the street? Is there a walkway? Um, how comfortable is it? Um, is it welcoming? And same from the driveway. Is there a, there's usually a walkway to your front door. How welcoming is your walkway there? Most often these pieces are too narrow, too small, not in- incredibly welcoming. They might fit one person okay, but uh, not much beyond that. You know, we're again, we're not going to be changing our hardscape in this episode here, but maybe that's something for you to consider. Maybe you do want to do that. Um, and just something to consider. What's the appeal of this garden. What how's it going to help with things? Is it going to increase your curb appeal? Is it going to make your house pop a little bit more? Is it going to accent some features on your house or or maybe help stand out from your house to give it a bit more flair? Maybe your house seems a little plain, right? You want to add some flair and so that's what your garden's going to do. Um, these are just things to consider. Also, what's the value of this new garden to you? And what I mean by this is is how are you going to make this a worthwhile endeavor? You know, putting in a new garden is a lot of work. And so what what's it going to give you? Is it going to give you a sense of pride? Is it going to have some functional piece that's helpful? Maybe it's uh, a new space, you know, we're, maybe we're, let's move to the backyard, right? Maybe this is going to be an accent to a patio space. It's going to add a little bit of privacy, a little bit of visual interest, uh, maybe something that adds uh some shade right to your patio so these are just things to consider when you're planning um, for the site of your garden um, and whether or not to do it in the first place the other piece uh, is uh, some of the environmental features so if you're trying to you know you'd like to put in a garden but you have a really steep slope well it might not be the best spot for um, a certain type of garden right and so just understanding uh, what are the environmental features around the, the intended space and whether or not you can put in a good functional garden the way you would like to. And so just to understand those features. So some of those things could be slope, sun, uh, soil health, uh, other 
plants in the space, whether or not there's going to be foundation issues or other uh, hardscape issues with the plant growing space, things like that are very important to consider uh, when you're determining the site for your garden. Okay, so let's move into, let's, let's assume that, you know, you've got your space figured out. Let's move into the planning phase. So as far as the layout of your garden and understanding the features here, we talked about, we're going to be taking our current, you know, kind of ugly, let's just call it an ugly garden with some outdated stuff, not really a good, you know, just a pretty plain uh, setup. And we're going to take that and add some interest to it, right? That's the intent of, of our little experiment here. Well, when you're doing that, it's really important to understand uh, certain design elements. If you want to have like a good appealing design across your landscape and how this garden fits into other spaces. So maybe we're looking at a specific garden right now, but it's good to have at least a vision for the future. Or if you have a pretty well-established landscape already, how does this uh, new garden space integrate with the rest of your landscape? And if you guys haven't listened to episode five already... Uh, I really encourage you to go back, listen to episode five, where I talk all about aesthetic design principles. It's very important for having a beautiful landscape to have, understand how, how things appeal to the eye, how it makes you feel, and, and incorporating that into your design process, even for a small garden or uh, even a single plant. This really all drills down and it comes from these design principles. So if you don't have a good, clear vision of your landscape, or at least a a direction towards a vision, it's really difficult to make a nice cohesive landscape in the long run. So I really strongly recommend you go check out episode five. Um, You can find that if you just type in aestheticecosystems.com slash episode five, it'll take you right to it. Uh, Next, I want to pull a plug in for another episode as well. So when we're talking about selecting plants for our landscape, I want you to check out episode six if you haven't listened to it already. These first 10 episodes here, guys, I'm covering a ton of really structural basics. And this is with uh, good intent because I want to keep referring to these episodes. They're packed with value on how to design your landscape and how to also maintain your landscape. And so I I'm probably going to keep referencing these episodes, and I hope you guys get the most value out of them you can. And so episode six is a planning checklist for planning your projects. And this is really going to help with selecting your plants for your landscape projects as well. So just to quickly recap there, to understand uh, your your site layout of your garden and how it incorporates into your landscape, check out episode five at aestheticecosystems.com slash episode five. And for understanding what plants to select for your space, you've already selected your garden space, so it's important to understand what are the right plants to fit in that space? How can they proper, how, which ones are the most adapted, most well adapted to that site and how can you use them best? Uh, so that's a, a process to understand and figure that out. And so for that, go to episode six, that's aestheticecosystems.com slash episode six. And I'll have links to both of these in the show notes, guys. So if you don't want to type in that giant long URL. Here's a little thing too. I'm going to be getting a shorter URL for you guys. So you don't have to, you know, worry about, Oh, how do you spell aesthetic and, um, all that good stuff. You know, I know it's a mouthful, but man, I just love the name. I'm not, I'm not going to lie here. I, I love the name aesthetic ecosystems that, and, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe I'll, you know, 
tell you more about that in the future because I want to stay on topic here. You guys can tell I am excited today. And unfortunately, when I get excited, I get off topic really easy. So let's stay on topic. Lucky for you guys, I, I typed out an outline today. Most of these shows, I do try to stick to some sort of an outline just so I I generally stay on topic. But uh, anyway, all right. Well, so for, for plant selection... Check out that planning checklist. But also, I just want to touch on a couple things. One is coverage. You want to make sure you are covering the space as completely as possible. The more you do that, for one, the less work you have to do with uh, putting down some sort of barrier or mulch or whatever. And two, it's going to prevent weed growth. Uh, For any, any space where you have bare soil or open space that's not uh doesn't have one of those types of barriers uh you're going to have plants coming in and taking over that space and most likely they're going to be plants that you don't want there so make sure you're planning for that you know in the first few years if you're planning for expansion of your plants maybe there's going to be some gaps but as long as you plan for okay here's the mature size of this plant and here's how much it's going to spread and i'm going to plan for that growth uh, the first few years you might be adding some mulch and stuff, but you're allowing a space to be fully filled eventually. So that's what I'm talking about here. Plan for coverage. And two, uh, also plan for properly layering your, uh, your garden design. And what the, this is more of an aesthetic thing, but think about when you're looking at a good composition of a garden, usually you have multiple heights of different plants, multiple layers and so you'll have some taller plants, you have some shorter plants, and they really fit together and, and kind of stretch out the space from a, a two-dimensional garden plot to a three-dimensional space. That's the beauty of gardening and, and what you can do with landscapes is you make it a three-dimensional space. So it adds depth, it adds height, and and uh, width as well. I guess that's the third dimension, right? So, um yeah, just make sure you think about layering and, and how these plants are going to fit together, uh, what sort of juxtapositions there are between architecture of height and form and, and all that stuff. So really think from a visual perspective. How is your garden going to look? What sort of feel is it going to give you? And how is uh, difference in height or uh, layering going to help you there? Okay, so for planning process, we talked about the layout which I just gave you the link to the show. Uh, Secondly, plants. Uh, So next we're going to be talking about timing. So what's the right timing for establishing your garden? Make sure you consider, okay, is it best to do this? Most often we want to do it right away, right? Uh, I want to do it now. And that's okay because what you're doing is you're taking advantage of your enthusiasm to get something done. And that's really important. So if there is something you can do now, or if you can do the whole thing now, that's great. Uh, But it's important just to check if that's going to hinder the long-term health or growth of your garden plot in some way. And so what I mean here is that there are certain seasons or times of year that are not good for planting certain plants. And so this is where you're going to have to do some research on what plants you're considering and what the best time is. First, whether they're available even to order or whether your nursery, your local nursery is even open because a lot of times these places are seasonal. And and also just doing the research to make sure that this is a good time for the plant. Sometimes when the nurseries are open, it could be the worst time for planting. So it's just important to do the research, figure out, okay, these are the plants I have. 
what's uh, the best way to establish them, and how can I ensure their, ensure their success. And this, what this will do is it will save you time in the establishment phase from having to nurse your plants. It will save you money from loss of plants because the less ideal the time is or the less ideal the um, age of the plant is as well when you're establishing it, um, those two combinations of factors increase your... Um, or I guess decrease your success rate. So important things to consider there, especially if you're intent on saving time in the long run. So while I do encourage you, if you're enthusiastic about putting in a garden now, to do so in a way that's not detrimental to your landscape, not detrimental to the plants as well that you're purchasing and establishing. Um, but make sure if, if there is a more ideal time, to, to do this and you're okay with waiting, it may be good to wait. Uh, for example, in Ohio, where I'm from, uh, usually the best time to be putting in this stuff, like a new garden bed, is in the fall because a lot of your plants are going dormant, so they're not actively growing. They're not requiring you know, a lot of water, a lot of photosynthesis going on, and it's a good time to be putting plants in because over the winter, as long as the ground's not frozen, if we're talking about perennial plants, most often their root systems are continuing to grow while the ground is thawed and they're strengthening themselves through their root system, these plants, uh, getting ready for spring. So when you establish in the fall, you give that long dormant phase where the roots are still developing, the upper uh, growth area is is not actively growing and by spring you have a stronger plant that's ready to take on the summer heat and some of the summer dryness as well so just things to consider there all right moving on from timing the next piece to consider is budget so let's be honest here it's always a limiting factor how much you want to be spending of your own time and your own money on projects like this with an endless budget, of course, we could do all sorts of stuff. And let's be honest, too, you probably wouldn't be doing it yourself if you had an endless budget. And so making sure you're utilizing your funds wisely, your available money wisely, um, and at the right time, too. So it could be that, uh, especially depending on the scale uh, of a garden that you're planning, uh, this might be a project that you do all at once. Or you might kind of phase it out. You might hire some of it out too. So let's say you're doing a little bit of uh, landscaping where you, you're going to be regrading just a tiny bit. And maybe you just don't want to do it yourself. Maybe you never hired heavy equipment or used heavy equipment before. Or it's too much to do by hand. It might just be easy to kind of, you know, hire that piece out. And maybe plan to do an establishment really quickly to just kind of prevent erosion and stuff of a few plants. And get some coverage in there. Put in a bunch of mulch. But then maybe, you know, you're going to phase out the the bigger plants uh over time or uh, over a better time of the year or something like that or just to kind of outlay the cost a little bit where you're not just spending so much at once so it's just important to consider this in the planning phase before you're actually putting the shovel to the ground and before you're kind of tearing stuff up because that's really the worst time to think about costs and how much things are going to to uh hurt your pocket and the other important thing to consider here is odds are the project is most likely going to cost more than you initially thought. So make sure you plan a buffer of in case you don't meet expectations of your cost, whether it's in rental fees of certain equipment or plant fees or having to replace plants or irrigation costs, anything like that, they can really impact a project, especially if you 
kind of forget about it and um or if you just you know unforeseen things happen maybe you have a storm a major storm come through right after you establish your new garden and it wipes out half the stuff things like this happen guys and so it's important to consider uh not planning the full price of what you're willing to uh pay on stuff so maybe kind of dial it back you know here's here's how much you have in savings let's plan to use 50 percent of that uh that we intended to use originally or or maybe you know you feel a little more comfortable and and here's what we plan on spending and you know what if we go over by 50 percent on budget it's going to be okay yeah we wouldn't like that but it's okay but just make sure you consider that uh in the planning phase before you get there and you end up being disappointed with how things turned out the other piece here is that depending upon the type of plants you purchase and the age of plants you purchase, it can really impact your total cost too. And so if you're not as budget conscious and you're more interested in getting a, a mature garden as quick as possible, you might be willing to spend a few extra dollars on the bigger plants that are coming in the bigger pots or the more mature trees. And that's great because, yeah, you will most likely get a a, a a garden that's coming together more quickly and sooner and you can kind of fill in the space more with a lot more plants than maybe if you were a little bit more uh, budget strapped and so if you are a bit more budget strapped that's okay consider what you can do with getting a few smaller plants that might take you know an extra year or two to get established to the same rate and here's a, a really big secret guys with trees especially when you're buying the younger trees the younger you buy them the more uh, well-rooted they'll become once they're established. So the establishment phase can really shock uh, uh, woody perennials, especially trees. And and so, unfortunately, when you have a big tree die on you right out of the nursery, it's it's not fun. But if you buy a bunch of small ones, and I might even be, you know, you might even be considering the little tiny saplings that are, you know, one season old. And the advantage of these is you can buy a bunch of them and you can plant them and you can plan for certain uh, death in some of these trees as they don't survive the, the transplant process. But the advantage is these younger trees are less shocked with the root, um, the root trauma that they undergo. And they're more likely to become vigorous trees faster once they become established. So once you get through that establishment phase, those trees are more likely to be happier. And so that's kind of the point I'm making here is, is there's actually an advantage sometimes to reducing costs. Now, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times that you have to wait longer for a tree to reach, you know, a medium height that you're already purchasing from the nursery. But beyond that, most likely your tree will be more successful grow more vigorously than the one you bought as a uh, several year old tree from the nursery. So just something to consider there. Are you waiting? Do you need the looks right now? Or are you willing to wait maybe just a few more years and to get much more vigor out of your plants after that? So something to consider there, but it also affects your budget is the point I'm making there. Okay. So next piece, we talked about all this planning stuff, right? So we've talked about the layout of your garden, what plants you're going to be using, the timing of your implementation and also the budget you have available for this whole process. So the next piece we're going to be getting into is the preparation for your garden. So when we're talking about preparation, we're going to be laying out our garden, we're going to be removing any uh, existing stuff, and then we're going to also be preparing the surface. So when it comes to the layout, what you can do is you uh, 
maybe you drew your garden out on paper or maybe you just have it all in your head, right? Either way, I definitely prefer the paper drawing things out and then kind of transcribing them to your landscape. But if that's not you, that's fine. But what you want to do here is kind of measure out your space, whether it's just pacing things out or being much more precise. And I think you guys know where I'm at there. But, um, you know, if you just kind of want eyeball stuff and that's your style, that is totally fine. And then what you want to do with your garden uh, is to mark the boundaries. So for a shorter project, what you can use, sometimes you can use chalk or uh, some spray paint like the line marking paint. Um, You know, yeah, paint's not the healthiest thing for your landscape. But what we're talking about here is a small, you know, a small amount of paint. It's not going to go a long way towards being a health hazard uh, for your garden in the long term. So um, some people are concerned about that. And if that's you, that's fine. You know, consider a different marking option. But but in reality, spray paint uh, for just marking out your garden for this project is uh, probably going to save you just a lot of time by having a semi you know, a semi-permanent marking that'll last for just a little while. Um, another thing you can use a lot of times when people are just kind of considering, and especially if they're doing like the eyeball process where they're not really sure where their bar- garden boundaries are going to be, they'll use like a garden hose or something like a, a thick piece of rope that kind of will lay on the ground and you can kind of bend it and mold it to, to see how things look uh, before you really determine your, your boundaries. And so uh, a garden hose actually is really... Um, one that you know will lay out nice and flat for you uh, can be a huge benefit in in just determining your garden boundaries. Okay, once you have your garden laid out, the next thing you think about is your removal of existing stuff. So maybe you just have maybe it's like a you know a torn up compacted gravel space. Well, you don't have much to remove there. You have some you want to skip to the next part and do some surface preparation for sure. But um, most likely you have something there already. So could be some weeds could be a existing garden that you just don't like anymore um, or it could be a lawn so whatever it is you're gonna have to remove that stuff somehow so when it comes to removal you generally have two options uh, you have either chemical means or physical means and generally I'm a I prefer the physical process uh, because we're talking about the health of our family here as well. And generally speaking, the physical process is less detrimental to health. Now, there's uh, there are trade-offs there as well. So let's talk about the chemical process and what some of your options are. So first, with chemicals, you can use the conventional um, herbicides to kill everything that's there. So first, you want to have to, if it's, you know, tall you have some shrubs and stuff you know you have to chop those out right but if you're talking about like the weeds or a lawn or whatever you can spray those things with something like roundup and it'll kill most everything there and the reason there's potential health considerations here is well for your landscape for one when you you're going to spray all the plants and that stuff's going to be in the soil as well and so it'll end up killing most of your soil life that's uh there and that can affect the health of your future plants also this stuff can affect the health of your family. And I'm not going to get too much into that right now, but uh, just something to consider there. If you're going to go the chemical route, uh, I will say this is probably the easiest and um, most affordable route. So when I say affordable, I mean both in cost and time. So it's it's very convenient to be able to spray this stuff and to put it down and um, you can do it for, yeah, 
a few bucks for quite a significant square footage and it usually works the first time you might have to go through with a reapplication on some stubborn stuff and that's pretty much it and then you let it sit for a while and then you're ready for your new plants so when i say sit for a while usually let's say with roundup i think it's generally i don't use this stuff so i think it's generally two weeks where they say okay after two weeks you're pretty safe and um now the trade-off is, of course, that you're trading uh, off uh, potential health effects. So something, you know, whenever you have an advantage, generally speaking, you have a disadvantage, right? And so the disadvantage, the primary one for Roundup is health. So if you maybe you want a, a slightly healthier version um, for weed removal and people do there's a lot in the kind of the organic space people do for removal uh, a primary one is horticultural vinegar and so what this is is a uh, strengthened version of vinegar that you can put on plants and it'll basically acid burn the plants and it works pretty well it's not always effective but it works pretty well and it's pretty affordable stuff too so something to consider if you want you know a slightly less toxic version it's still not something you want to get on your hands not stuff you want to breathe in for sure because uh, the acetic acid of vinegar can really it can actually burn your throat if you're breathing this stuff in too much so you want to make sure you're not doing this on a windy day where you or your kids or your neighbors are going to be breathing you know little droplets of uh, vinegar acetic acid because um, it, it, it can kind of you know cause some damage as well um, so just because you know it's a safer type thing or, or less chemical um, synthetic chemical process doesn't mean it's safe necessarily so just be careful okay so with the both of these um, with roundup not so much but especially with uh, maybe you're trying some different methods that are non-synthetic processes such as vinegar uh, timing can be really important so having the right growth phase of plants um, even with Roundup, if you're spraying dormant plants in the middle of the winter, it's not really going to do much, actually. Um, they need to be actively growing and trying to respire to really be affected because what you're doing is you're you're damaging the health of the plant right in the middle of uh, a strong growth phase. So generally the best time to do this uh, chemical process is during a growth phase. Just something to uh, consider there. Okay, when it comes to physical removal... You're generally talking about, um, there are several options actually, but what I'm going to highlight here, uh, the first is tilling. So you can till the surface, and generally you have to till a couple times over the course of a couple weeks to really uh, kill all of your annual weeds as they germinate and take care of uh, some of the perennial, the, the hardier perennial weeds that are there. And so, it, or if you're talking about your lawn, same thing goes. So to really kind of do a good number on all the existing plants there you have to till multiple times over the course of a couple weeks and hopefully during that time you're not going to cause too much erosion too so if you're talking about a smaller space this is more manageable where you can cover it with a tarp in between and um, take care of it but on a broader scale this can be kind of tough so you might deal with a lot of runoff which is not good for your soil and even in the tilling process you're you're killing some of your soil health unfortunately all of these methods affect your soil health some more than others um, but something to consider there so tilling uh, the advantage here is it's a non-chemical process it does a pretty good job if you do it right and um, and you start with good uh, loose soil as well so that's another advantage at least on the surface so coverage when uh, is another option when you Take your space and you cover it with something to block out the light 
well, there's there's a couple options. One is to, to smother them where you remove all the light from penetrating to the soil surface so the plants can't pers- respire properly and uh, they die. So this usually takes... Um, uh, at least a couple weeks. Uh, some people recommend a full season, especially for perennial plants. <clears throat> Certainly doesn't hurt. Um, but again, the drawback is you're covering this space for a significant period of time. Another option that's similar to this is called solarizing, where you use basically kind of like the uh, pool cover where it has the bubbles on it. And you're you're basically making a micro, micro greenhouse right on top of your soil. And it essentially burns the plants there um, and, and really heats up the top layer of soil there. And this, of course, works best during midsummer. And uh, it can be pretty effective as well. So another option there, of course, access to this stuff to, to use it is another thing you have to consider here too. And uh, a last point with the coverage piece is uh, putting down a barrier with mulch on top. So this could be weed control fabric or some kind of the more conventional route. If you want something that's a temporary barrier that either you can um, eventually have degrade, a lot of people can use uh, cardboard. So you can put down some layers of cardboard, make sure they're overlapping at least six inches, whether it's weed control barrier or fabric or cardboard, make sure they're overlapping significantly. And then put a couple inches of mulch on top. And when I say a couple inches, you probably want like at least three inches, hopefully more. Um, And that'll do a good job at killing stuff and letting you have a new garden bed. Okay. So we talked about removal and what choices you have there some are more time efficient some are more healthy so it's kind of like a a balance between all that stuff now let's talk about surface preparation so when you're talking about your new space you most likely you would like uh, your plants would like to have a boost in fertility and of course there's all the chemical um, conventional route of just adding some fertilizer and stuff, maybe some lime to adjust the pH or some sulfur to adjust the pH, and uh, you're off and running. Well, uh, there are a lot of other amendments that could be really helpful. Um, I've talked about them in a few previous episodes. Um, the things I would recommend here again, just to touch on them again, is hopefully you've run a soil test and, uh, at least somewhere on your property. If not, I highly recommend it. Uh, so judging from your soil test results, you'll know what you're abundant in, what you're deficient in, uh, how's your organic matter, uh, those sort of things that are very helpful for determining what amendments you might need. In general, though, adding more organic matter is not a bad thing. So at least adding maybe some, some healthy topsoil, maybe mixed in 50-50 with some compost would be really nice if it's some good healthy compost. And when I say good healthy compost, guys, generally if you can pick up a you know some rich black compost and you take a smell of it, it smells like a forest floor. That's a really good indicator of whether or not you've got some good compost. If it smells like kind of nasty, you probably don't want to be putting that stuff down because either it's it's gone anaerobic or it's just unhealthy. It's kind of rotting in some way. It might not be actively, or it might still be actively composting, but not in a good way. Usually anaerobic is what your funky smells are. If it's kind of a sweet smell it's still actively decomposing but um but it's still in the process and it's not fully composted so what you generally want on your uh, your soil as an amendment is the more fully composted stuff so it's not hot by itself it's it's gone into kind of a uh dormant phase if you will uh, it probably has some good fungal uh, healthy fungal life in it as well as healthy bacterial life and that's when you get that kind of good earthy smell that's when you have good compost okay enough on that 
Uh, so organic matter, maybe some pH adjustments if you need them, but again, it's not going to help long term uh, if you're adding, say, some lime or sulfur. So it's really important to consider maybe you adjust your plant palate to to fit your current site as opposed to adjusting your pH, um, as well as maybe some minerals. Minerals will help in the long term if you add maybe like uh, if you're deficient in certain minerals, especially uh, adding a little bit now is the best time to do that, uh, as well as uh, some mulch, another, another great amendment, again, as your kind of top dressing, right? Okay, well, now we're in the home stretch, guys. So we talked about the whole planning phase from uh, site selection through um, the uh, removal process as well as as uh, maybe making some amendments. So now it's time for planting. Woohoo! So when we're talking about planting, uh, there's uh, several things to consider. Again, I want to touch on again, it's so important, uh, the timing piece. So make sure you're planting at the right time of year as well as timing for your project. So... Uh, the the more of this you can do at the same time, the better, but you can also break it out in phases. So you don't want your plants sitting there waiting and, and uh, out of, you know, out of pots or in pots even and not in the ground uh, because that's where they're most susceptible to being damaged or having stress. So so the, the sooner you can make them happy, the better. And so timing is really important. Same with uh, timing of purchasing. So when you're purchasing your plants, make sure you're doing it uh, if you can that in a way that fits your capabilities. So if you're capable to plant everything in your garden all at once, then maybe you yeah you can order or or go purchase all your plants at the same time. But but thinking about how you're going to implement your design is uh, is kind of crucial to how you're purchasing your plants. And uh, if you can't do it right away, you you got to think about uh, taking care of them. So are you going to be able to water them maybe even multiple times a day? Can they get the right amount of light? Um, or if you need to keep certain stuff dormant, like some bare root trees, uh, can you keep them properly dormant and watered at the same time? Uh, all things you need to consider for this early phase. So once you get them in the ground... We also have to think about taking care of them, especially those first few days and first week, a couple weeks and first month. Those are the most uh, important times for ensuring plant success. So you can you be out there and watering them at the right frequency, you know, just enough, not too much and getting them the right amount of exposure uh, at the right time and and being there to address any problems as they arise. So uh, making sure you're there. As well as um, for your project itself, do you have the right amount of help to take care of your project? Is it going to be drawn out forever just because you're doing it yourself? Or can you get help maybe from friends, family, or should you hire out some help? All things to think about when you're, you're talking about the planting process. And for establishment and nursing, make sure you're giving it the right amount of, again, to, to just touch on it one more time the right amount of water, the right amount of shade, and the right amount of support. So when I'm talking about support, what I mean here too is, especially for trees, you know, you're taking a tree that's been uprooted from somewhere and then you're putting it back in the ground. And most likely that root system has been disturbed and it needs time to to kind of take hold in its new space. And so providing support for that tree especially is very important. And so that could be staking or roping off or whatever. Okay, 
So that pretty much wraps it up for establishing a garden bed. Uh, hopefully this helps you kind of conceptualize the steps you need to take to go from the initial thought about, uh, hey, I would like to put a garden in or I want to tear, tear out those yew bushes and replace them and take you from that step all the way through the process to getting everything in place and putting it in the ground. Now, obviously, there's tons of more details here, and it's too much to cover in one episode, but this this generally covers your basics here of, of what you need to consider through the process and how to walk through this process to get to somewhere you want to be. So with that, guys, um, I just want to highlight two things. First, if you really want to just save some time now, maybe you want to save some time to be able to plant a garden bed, right? Um, and, it, and to be able to do this, maybe you don't have time right now. Well, you can go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash 27 hours. And there I have a, a free guide to show you how to save 27 hours right now in your landscape at no cost, just through some simple habit changes. And I really hope this gives you a ton of time back in your life uh, to do something meaningful. Secondly, if uh, if you want some specific help with some of this stuff, I do offer some consultation services right now, virtual consultation. And uh, if you want to check that out, go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash consulting, and I have all the details right there for you. So with that, guys, check out the show notes if uh, you want to talk about any of the episodes I referenced today. I have a few links there as well. Uh, it's always a great space to check out anything I talked about, uh, as well as a quick outline as well of the uh, episode. And secondly, make sure you go over and hit that subscribe button. Uh, your subscribes will make sure you get all the updates right when you uh, when when I release these episodes. So hit subscribe if you like the show. Okay, now it's time to talk about the launch party, guys. Uh, excuse me, not party, but party. Uh, the launch party is for the first two months of the show from March 11th through May 11th, 2018. I want to have some fun uh, to help spread a word, spread the word about the show. Uh, I really appreciate your enthusiasm and interest in this show, and I want to get you guys involved and have some fun while we're doing it. So this is a chance to have some fun, to uh, for us to get connected, uh, to win some prizes, and uh, let's talk about the prizes before we talk about what we're doing. So what are the prizes? Weekly, I'm offering a free consultation with me, Ben Hale, which is normally a $99 value. So uh, one person each week uh, that gets involved in the launch party uh, gets a free consultation. I'm also giving away a free offer for one of my eBooks, 10 Ways to Get More Beauty with Less Work, which is a $19 value. Uh, next, the grand prize. There is only one of these we're giving away through this whole launch party. So at the end of the launch party, the Organic Lawn Care Manual by Paul Tukey. So Paul Tukey himself has offered to give away one free book to a lucky winner uh, that's getting involved in this launch party. Uh, and this book is all about how to manage a healthy lawn from anything from a golf course style lawn to your uh, low maintenance lawn, which of course is something I prefer here on this show, right? I own this book. I've read this book multiple times. I've given it away. It's a kind of a, a tattered and worn version that I have. Um, and uh, I, I, I use some of these practices in my own lawn. So I, I love this book and I highly um, promote it as well. And you'll hear me talk about it throughout the show. Um, but Paul Tukey has been kind enough to offer a copy of his book as a grand prize. And there's also a special surprise for everybody that's uh, going to be getting involved in the launch party. The Rolling River Nursery out of California has 
offered a, a special surprise for everybody that's involved. The Rolling River Nursery is a, a USDA certified organic nursery. So I went online and I looked around for nurseries that have online availability, shipped through the continental U.S., and have some great offerings. And Rolling River Nursery has been kind enough to become involved with our launch party. And they're not only are they online availability, but they also are certified organic, which means they don't use any harmful herbicides or pesticides that you have to be concerned with your family about. And so what you're getting is a safe and healthy plant. They also offer a ton of edible plants and trees and shrubs, cacti and succulents. So um, they offer several trees and shrubs that are adaptable throughout the most of the United States. So definitely worth checking them out. And in addition, these guys are also involved with a, uh, a nonprofit in Southern California to help local food movements called plantingjustice.org. So if you want to learn more about them, uh, you can go to rollingrivernursery.com. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Paul Tukey's website, uh, for his organic lawn care manual and his other works is paultukey.com, P-A-U-L-T-U-K-E-Y. And uh, to sum up, guys, okay, you want to learn how to get involved with this uh, launch party? Go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash pod launch. And that's P-O-D-L-A-U-N-C-H. There's a link in the show notes. Um, and that's that's going to give you all the instructions on how to get involved. Uh, there's two ways specifically to get involved. One is through uh, sharing with your uh, peeps on Facebook. And the other is through leaving a review on iTunes. Both of these are going to help spread the word about the show and get other people, other friends listening to it as well. And I uh, sure appreciate your help here. And, and likewise, uh, this is going to be a fun time. So, uh, so go on over and to Aesthetic ecosystems.com slash podlaunch to get involved. And with that, guys, thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today. <laughs>